0: Well, hello, and how are you, Patriots, pals, and Foxborough friends? We welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Hop on now and take advantage of all those great same-game parlays, no-sweat-first-bets, and more just in time for the big game by joining at FanDuel.com slash Six Rings. We are brought to you by W-E-E-I Odyssey, and 2,400 Sports. It is a one-off Wednesday today. Andy Hart, oh, yeah. tending to some family matters. So your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens once again taking the calm, Mr. Sulu, aboard the USS Enterprise alongside our beatdown writer extraordinaire from WEI.com, my pal and yours, Mr. Mike Cadlick. Mike, how are you, guy? I'm good.
1: We got a flurry of Patriots news to get to before these old uh – What do you call it these mailbag questions so every every 30 seconds i turn around it sounds like a new new quarterbacks coach or executive is joining the uh the building Mm -hmm. down in foxborough so Mm -hmm. uh let's get it right into it happy to happy to go along
0: yeah it's a it is a one-off wednesday this week we are mailbagging it in uh we are not in las vegas a lot like a lot of those other blowhards and other fancy (laughs) sponsored people no we are back here doing Gillette's finest work from our respective in our cave. fan caves. Exactly, in our
1: Patriots cave. Yours right. off. You, yeah, you, this is also. You, uh, by the
0: way, you're, you you look like if anyone's watching right now across our socials. W e e i mine at Fitzy G-F-Y and such. We are taking questions live, in addition to the mailbag questions that came in. But if you happen to be watching this as opposed to list, to listening, um, you can see Mike, obviously a responsible young man. Uh, Doesn't have pets or children to worry about, so his office is well-kempt. Strategically placed photos, good feng shui. And behind me is just 20 years of memories, merchandise, (laughs) lanyards, nonsense, and there's a snoring dog underneath my chair as well. So I apologize for nothing because I'm a Patriots fan, but at the same time, I could tidy up a little bit. We'll see if we can freshen things up.
1: No no, Andy on this one, so it's a Pats positive. That's right. It's a Pats positive
0: edition. Everyone's going to walk away from this one like, geez, I feel really good about myself, even though I don't think the team's going to win more than six (laughs) games next year. I'm kind of having fun. We respect the position. Um, I I have heard, actually, Mike, some people have actually caught into the nickname. They like that I call him the Gridiron Grouch.
1: Love it. Yeah, the Gridiron
0: Grinch. Excuse me, the Gridiron Grinch. Uh, It's kind of perfect and apropos as well, but I hope all is well with Andy. And let's get right into things. Let's do some uh, top of the Super Bowl week news and nuggets for the Patriots as well as around the NFL before we get into both the live questions and the ones that were Mm -hmm. submitted via the social medias, if you will, from the MyBook, InstaFace, and beyond for myself and Mike Cadillac. Mike, let's go right off the top. Uh, Just breaking within the last hour, uh, news that the Patriots are finalizing a deal. So this is actually going to happen. They're finalizing a deal with the University of Miami's General manager, Alonzo Highsmith. Uh, The plan is to have him join the front office, but the job title has not yet been established per Bruce Feldman CFB. So keep an eye on university and Miami players. The U could be well represented this fall and beyond for the New England Patriots. Uh, What do you know about Alonzo Highsmith? And in what capacity do you think he'll get brought on board?
1: So uh, the skinny on Highsmith, 58 years old. He was the number three overall pick. Uh, in the 1987 NFL draft, played a couple seasons uh, and then ended up joining the Green Bay Packers front office in 2012 with, you guessed it, Elliot Wolf. So, Patriots de facto GM, Elliot Wolf, continues to sort of run the front office, run the operation down there in Foxborough, bringing in all his. What is guys. our new
0: title for him, by the way? Are we going to call him the Wolf of Ball Street?
1: yeah i think i think i saw andy say something like He's that. A, the wolf of fox he called bro, him the, wolf, like of the fox, wolf of fox
0: Bro, i'm gonna go with the wolf of ball street
1: i like it all right i mean to- again if they're not gonna give him if they're not gonna give him the title we might as well give him a title on his own right. because he is the general manager they're just not gonna say it so all right people watching uh, live yeah.
0: now in the chat box does the wolf of ball street work as a nickname <laughs> for elliot wolf i i think so but you know i may be i worried. like
1: it, it- No, it makes sense. But so, yeah, they worked together in Green Bay for several seasons. Then when Wolf went to Cleveland, uh, Highsmith joined him there as well. And then he ended up going to Miami uh, last season as their general manager of football operations. Uh, But now he's joining his friend Wolf again in Foxborough. So, uh, yeah, look for him to be added to this um, to this front office there. in Hey, do
0: we have any uh, University of Miami players that uh, either were in the East West Shrine Bowl, in the Senior Bowl or that are on the general? Mike Cadlick uh draft radar right now.
1: One of them uh Cam Kitchens uh he was a defensive back at University of Miami last off-season or last season rather. Uh he is draft eligible. He was at the Senior Bowl and he did meet with the Patriots okay. at the Senior Bowl. So uh if you're going to go for a sort of uh, a connection there defensive back cam kitchens from the university of miami
0: okay cam kitchens as well we uh yep. i don't know how how we feel about the work his dad freddie did with the uh i was just cleveland gonna say browns. not to be confused to with cleveland browns no, and Coach no relation kitchens. whatsoever uh also <laughs> texans uh houston Texans staffer bobby brown could be joining the patriots yep. in some sort of executive capacity uh I'll I'll uh, refrain from all the Bobby Brown and his prerogative jokes. Um, so uh, what do we know about Bobby Brown and what capacity do you think he'll be operating?
1: Yeah, so this just came in as we were prepping the show. So uh, scrambling a little bit here, but from Aaron Wilson of KPRC in Houston, uh, Bobby Brown used to uh, work for the Texans. Uh, he is joining the Patriots in a key executive administrative role, um, according to sources uh, from, from Houston, Aaron all Wilson. Right. Uh, he used to work with the Patriots. Um, it's his second stint, uh, in the AFC East with the Pats. And then he also worked at Boston college for a while, um, while he was getting his master's at BC. So, uh, that's a little bit on him. So the first two, um, outside hires to the front office, this offseason uh, for the Patriots, they had kept it in house with Wolf and grow, but, uh, now starting to spread their wings a bit with, uh, with high and now Bobby. Bruce. Yeah.
0: There are some that believe that, uh, with the hirings of Alex van Pelt, Ben McAdoo, uh, yep. and and others that were associated with them in their time with Green Bay that were're basically becoming the 2013 or 2014 green oh and Elliot wolf as well so Elliot wolf right. basically if he is the de facto GM at this point is bringing in guys that he's worked with before that he's comfortable with and elevating their positions from where they were in Green Bay 10 years ago that's fine if they've right. actually earned the promotion as well but sure. at the time, you also had Mike McCarthy in place, a long-tenured established NFL coach who had won a Super Bowl. Oh, and you had one of the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time and Aaron Rodgers, who truly was at the height of his powers at that time. He right. just wasn't able to break through uh, and get back to the Super Bowl. Hasn't really been able to ever since, uh, of course, he won back 13 years ago against right. the Steelers.
1: Yeah, a quick a quick thought just on that and sort yeah. of, I'm sort of, melding and molding my take on wolf in general and i'm gonna uh i'm gonna actually call column, him columnize it uh for tomorrow on.com okay. so uh yeah to answer david's question who will be the gm uh it's effectively elliot wolf mm-hmm. and to add some Pats positive to this whole thing like yep. i i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that he is running the operation like people look at it and they think of the nepotism because of his father ron wolf mm-hmm. and everyone's like oh nepotism this nepotism, Yeah, but which. he's a like,
0: legacy yeah. legendary and ron wolf's a legacy nfl figure
1: Right, exactly, and Elliott has done a good job. He built up those Packers teams alongside Ted Thompson. Um, I have a list of guys who they brought in, but it goes from like Clay Matthews to David Bakhtiari to Aaron Rodgers to all those guys, right. right? And he was alongside of that, and then he went to Cleveland. He was a part of the brass who you know drafted Baker Mayfield. They drafted Denzel Ward, um, and yes, that it, they went from a one and fifteen season, an zero and sixteen season to a six and ten season, then the playoffs right thereafter. So building those rosters, he had a hand in. He was never fired from Green Bay. He mm-hmm. was never fired from Cleveland. So, like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that Elliot Wolf is running the Patriots. My whole thing is just give him the damn title and let him run the show. So we'll see what happens. But it seems pretty clear to me that that's the that's the direction. Correct.
0: To take. Uh, oh, and by the way, this little note from Andrew Callahan: Elliot Wolf climbed the Packers front office ladder with Highsmith from two thousand four all the way to twenty. Mm-hmm. 20- I didn't realize they were together. I mean, he really is. If such a thing were to exist, he is getting the band back together. For sure. Okay. So yep. now, okay. So now here as we sit T minus four days and a couple hours away from kickoff from uh super bowl 58 with the draft now two and a half months away. The, as the crafts called in their season ticket member letter last week, the draft of a generation, the most important draft yep. uh, in decades for the Patriots. We now see the picture. We now see, we actually now have clarity out is the Belichick and the friends of Belichick era and in is the dawn of the Wolf of Ball Street with all the guys he was associated (laughs) with at the Green Bay Packers so get ready everybody get your cheese heads out and uh, start putting on those Packers 2010s highlights because that's exactly where we are now what that has to I mean are they gonna draft Matt Flynn are they gonna try to coax Greg Jennings out of retirement as well see if (laughs) hey what's Jordy Nelson up to these days yes yeah Uh, we'll see how that
1: wide receivers coach uh, Jordy Nelson let's let's go
0: are you kidding Let's, I mean, I with all due I respect Troy to Troy Brown, Brown who yeah. I love, yeah. uh, by the way, uh, Pat's stats checking in from the used tubes. Is this on regularly? Yes. Every Wednesday at one o'clock, it's a one-off Wednesday here on the six rings and football things feed. I'm not sure exactly if you're consuming this on the Weei YouTube or my YouTube. Uh, but yes, we'll have this up once a week as well. Sometimes it's Andy and Mike. Sometimes it's me and Mike. It could be a consortium of us and we may have some other live guests as well. And also now I would like to remind everybody, Mike. Uh, some special guests we have coming up before and after the Super Bowl. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be speaking with Mike Lombardi, uh, author, of, oh. that's right, author of this excellent football book, Football Done Right. Many of you may have heard his um, uh, electric, if not heated, exchange. Unbelievable. Uh, with a, with a <laughs> Michael Felger, I'm told, uh, from Las Vegas on Tuesday. That was some good content. That was some excellent media nice. row. Glad someone spiced things up there. So we'll be talking to Mike tomorrow. Uh, And next week as well, live four o'clock on Valentine's Day, our love letter to you, a one hour uncensored, unfiltered Q&A with my guy, Mr. Jeff Benedict, author of The Dynasty, who's going to be joining us to talk about the making of the Apple TV Plus series, the making of the book, sharing stories behind the scenes. No, he's not bought and paid for. No, this is not a Robert Kraft production. And yes, he knows where the bodies are buried, per se. Uh, And it's going to be a really fun chat. So Thanks for checking in. Uh, That's going to be good times as well. Uh, One other little nugget. um, Patriots are also looking into a quarterback's coach. Uh, Alex Van Pelt will probably groom whatever quarterback comes in. Maybe he'll rehabilitate Mac. There could be a veteran he reaches out to as well as they assemble the quarterback's room on the Patriots 2024. But they've been speaking with TJ McCartney, who also worked as a quarterback's coach and tight ends coach with the Brownies, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yep. So TC McCartney. Uh, TC. TC. Yep. You're good. Uh, TC TJ McCartney. McCartney.
0: He's a criminal. Get that guy. out. <laughs> yeah,
1: seriously. Yeah. I no CC stand up gentlemen. Um, but no, so yeah, 34 years old. He served as the Browns tight ends coach the last two seasons. Um, before that was an offensive assistant also with the Browns. So he worked with Van Pelt, uh, in Cleveland for the last four years. He's also worked alongside Kyle Shanahan, um, both in Cleveland for a time. And then also, uh, when Shanahan became the head coach of the 49ers. So um, has a little bit of that Shanahan background, which everybody wants, knows, and loves, um, but is also familiar with uh, Van Pelt as well. He he coached quarterbacks, like you said, uh, in Denver. So, uh, coached quarterbacks, and he also played quarterback at LSU. So, whoever the Patriots bring in to be the next face of the franchise, they're going to have plenty of uh, plenty of help, plenty of brain power in that room with Van Pelt, McCartney, and then also Ben McAdoo, who. For all you want to say about him, he wasn't a great head coach. Uh, I think he's a pretty good offensive mind. So it's clear that they're sort of trying mm-hmm. to build this thing around whoever they're going to bring, at, uh, bring in at Sigma caller next year.
0: Hey, can I also just uh, share a little nug that I got out from a tweet from our pal, Taylor uh, Taylor uh, Kyles, earlier Show today? Um, he does such a great job for CLNS. Oh, yep. but don't, don't I wish we had a little budget we could bring him into <laughs> the Autocom the family, if you will. Um He did a little of the uh, hole-up, him cook thing. Uh, And this was in response to something he dug up from two years ago from at Riot Report. These were some of Ben McAdoo's draft stories. Apparently, um, now, of course, some people are going to say, here comes the Patriots' ball wash. Here come these guys trying to say excessively, Pat's positive. That's why we're here, baby. Yeah, Oh, they're doing the laundry for the Patriots, carrying Mr. Craft's water, et cetera. Uh, But apparently... Uh, Here it says, the Kansas City Chiefs made one of the biggest splashes of the 2017 NFL Draft by trading up 17 spots to select Patrick Mahomes' 10th overall, though the New York Giants reportedly were also interested in trading up for the Texas Tech Star. Per ESPN New York's Anita Marks, who does an excellent job on the Giants' pregame show and postgame show on our sister station, WFAN, the Giants tried to trade up to select Mahomes because head coach McAdoo, quote, loved and was, quote, very loves him and was, quote, very upset that they were not able to, to land him as well. Did not like Sam Darnold. And he also thought in 2018 Josh Allen was far and away the best quarterback prospect. So while Pretty he kind of fra- he, he kind of fracked things up a little bit with Eli and Gino, even mm-hmm. though actually seeing something in Gino probably was a good idea. Just because you're not a good head coach, <clears throat> McDaniels, doesn't yeah. mean you don't have a good idea for what is offensive talent, how I to know. work with quarterbacks and ways to advance and score the ball with special personnel. So I'm like you, Mike, except just double your age. I'm going to cut some slack, and I'm going to give these guys a chance to come in and establish something, as opposed to immediately judging them, crossing my arms, and just going hrumph. I'm not happy about any of this.
1: So uh, we also have some more news uh, continuing to come out. I, I wasn't trying to to cut you off there and change it, but this is from Ian Rappaport, literally 30 seconds ago, um, Let's go. and it's it's what we sort of already know, but basically confirmed with sourcing. Ah uh, Rappaport tweets worth noting for the Patriots. It appears Elliot Wolf will be in charge of the personnel department, with control of the 53-man roster working closely with Gerard Mayo. Sources say Matt Groh will mostly handle college scouting, with Pat, Rowe hev- Pat Stewart rather heavily involved in all aspects. So uh, it looks like it is going to be Elliot Wolf who is the leader of the roster. Uh, Matt Groh goes from pro personnel back to scouting. Uh, So, yeah, it's looking like uh, he is pretty much the head man in charge here in Foxborough, all but officially.
0: I like it. I like it. I like that. Look, he's got a vision and a plan. It's either going to work and then there's going to be stability, professionalism, accountability, and you're going to know who does what. And And we're actually going to have some functionality, uh, collaboration, as Gerard Mayo said time and time again, a cooperative work environment. This is not to say anything about what Bill Belichick, his family and associates did. This is more just about the new era in the new regime. Now there's a little transparency, something I think a lot of us were hoping and praying for along the way. So I take these as nothing but good things as well. Um, Here we go. Here's a quick one from um, right before we get into the mailbag from Cleaver sports. If they don't take a quarterback in the first round, do you guys think max stays on to compete with a second or later round quarterback it's a good question it
1: is a good question i've i've sort of gone back and forth on this over you know ever since the season ended you know one side of it is like okay you look at an example of a guy like alex smith who had a terrible mm-hmm. beginning to his uh his career in san francisco one and 11 touchdown to interception ratio to start his career in san francisco right. Number one overall pick, like look to be an ultimate bust. All of a sudden Coming changed- out of
0: his college career, which was if you've never seen, by the way, sorry to interrupt Mike, but no, like, if good. anyone has never seen Alex Smith working with um, Urban Meyer at yeah. Utah clips from the mid 2000, that kid, it. absolutely one of the best college quarterbacks I have ever seen that dude moved and threw the ball. Talk about yeah. a mastery of a system as well. Um, and his rebuild was positively spectacular right. in Frisco and Casey.
1: And he, so he, the thing is, like you said, it was in San Francisco. He rebuilt himself in San Francisco. He didn't have to move on to get better. So if you want to look at a positive on Mac Jones, maybe the same thing happens here uh, when they sort of revamp their whole thing in New York. But on the other side of things, if they do bring in the number three overall pick as a quarterback, I don't see Mac sticking around maybe for you know the beginning of training camp until they maybe find a trading, par- a trade partner or something. But that could just get kind of ugly because you have basically the former guy who you thought was going to be the franchise trying to compete with the new guy. Uh, and that just can cause, you know, drama and BS for no reason.
0: There's a regular uh, to listener to the pod and our socials, Jeff Stenberg, yep. usually chipping in with some of his uh, loltastics uh, as we do this live again on the Fitzy and WEI socials. I'd rather have the surfer girl that had her arm bitten off by a shark throwing passes with her nub than one more game of Mac Jones. Damn! Yeah. Wow, I just I just wish Pats <laughs> fans would finally open up and share how they were, yeah, really right? Feel
1: yeah, that. I mean that's that's basically what Mac Jones was in oh. that uh in that <laughs> Germany game was throwing with enough. Oh so, my yeah. god.
0: Okay. All right. Well, all right, Jeffrey Child, I'll give you a moment here watching live on the platform we now know as Twix. Uh it's X and Twitter together. Why not go after someone like Kirk Cousins or Mayfield, meaning a veteran quarterback and you'd have to probably spend top of market dollar, Mike uh, and then draft that offensive tackle from Notre Dame. And then you give Mac a second chance to basically either compete with or draft behind him.
1: Yeah, I actually, so yesterday I wrote up for WE.com WEEI.com Um, Familiar. a list of, uh, a list of seven free agent targets that would make sense for the Patriots offense and mm-hmm. Van Pelt. And number one on the list was Baker Mayfield. Talk about connections to Elliot Wolf. Talk about connections to the Patriots. Now, Yeah, exactly. It's 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 going to cost. It is going to cost you some money, and they might franchise tag him. But Elliot Wolf was a part of the brass in Cleveland that drafted Baker number one overall. Alex Van Pelt coached him uh, in Baker's best season in the NFL, really, besides probably last year with with Tampa. They went to the playoffs in Cleveland. He threw the least interceptions of his career in 2020 with Van Pelt. So he has a connection here and there. The other connection that I don't like is, you know, how you just mentioned that list that uh, Taylor sort of, Bumped of uh Ben McAdoo's rankings of the 2018 quarterbacks. He mm-hmm. had Baker Mayfield dead last on that under uh, Mason Rudolph. He had him ranked sixth. Right. So I don't know what McAdoo thinks of Mayfield, but I don't I actually do have it right home. here.
0: I have it right yeah. here, actually. Um what he said about he did have him ranked sixth of the six quarterbacks going okay. uh in 2018, correct? But he yeah. did say of uh uh he does uh what was it the big thing? Um Something about uh, his – let me see. I got it right here. I'm so sorry, audience. Uh, there was something he had about he loves his compete. He Oh, it, he talked about how didn't love his mechanics but loved the edge that he had.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that was what ultimately, ultimately got –
0: yeah, Here it is right here. Uh, he's got an edge to him. I like that. He's going to lead. They're going to follow him. I didn't see a lot of pro-style football in his college tape, and if you're short, you have to be able to make up for it in some way, somehow, and personality – just won't do that. Wow.
1: I don't, I mean, interesting coming in. I don't, yeah, I don't hate the take, I think though that moxie and that swagger and that sort of that leadership is what ended up driving Dorsey and LA Wolf to take him number one overall in Cleveland because he just kind of brought it and just had that leadership and it's, it's trans it's translated here now. So, but again, it's going to cost a ton of money. He's looking at maybe $40 million and they're probably just going to franchise tag him in I
0: day. think, I I think the opening number is three for one Oh five for him down there. Um, I probably get a lot three. of cash. Yeah, I know he's got, well, why wouldn't the, after the season he just had, 100%. why wouldn't you give him a Daniel Jones style deal? If that's like right. the new template for non long-term Mahomes, Allen Herbert extension, but rather someone who's a veteran who deserves a payday, uh, Johnny 33 on Twix. Would you trade up for Caleb Williams? Mike, I, I am one who believes that you can't coach talent like that mm-hmm. he's a modern uh unique unicorn like uh nil superstar who with the right infrastructure and talent around him i think will succeed i don't care that he cried in his mom's arms i don't care <laughs> that he wants to like not take questions and go home you know and have a high protein snack and netflix and chill i don't well, care i really don't well, um because dude can dude can slang it He's a freaking baller.
1: Like, if that is in the cards and that's who this, you know, they want to go get and that's their Mm -hmm. guy, they should absolutely go get him. Now, I think that you you mentioned being an NIL NIL guy in this sort of new age, you know, college football world. Like, I have a feeling he's gonna try and force himself to Washington and all the power to him because um, you know, he's he has his his quarterback's coaching Cliff Kingsbury there gonna be the OC. He's from the DC area, and so that would just be a perfect fit for him. And I think that you know, Washington's going to do everything in their power to try and get Caleb there. But if mm-hmm. he's the guy and they can make a trade-up for Chicago, with Chicago, then I, I would do it. He's the best player in the class.
0: All the power, t- yeah, I think by by a mile as well. Yeah. And I've heard some interesting things this week about uh, various quarterbacks as well. And I just want to share one quick clip and a soundbite yeah. uh, from the many different things that are being said this week at Radio Row in Las Vegas before we get into the mailbag. Um, thank you guys again for tuning in today across the socials live here with fitzy and Cadlick on six rings and football things we continue to take your questions in the live chat but we got some mailbaggers as well yep. uh mike i heard this from our friend tom curran on uh quick he was doing quick for nbc sports boston it was not one of his appearances on ei but kendrick Bourne made the round stopped by yep. visited with curran uh spoke with my guy zach gelb over at cbs sports radio as well had some interesting things to say but when asked about which quarterback he would be most into coming from the draft. There's two things. He made a pick, and then also the way he spoke about himself in relation to the Patriots. Take a listen. What about in this draft? Is it Caleb Williams? Is it Drake May? Is it Jaden Daniels? I like Jaden Daniels. So I'm Jaden Daniels fan. Um, Heisman Trophy winner, obviously. I love the, the play, how he plays, being able to be versatile. So I think that'll be a strong suit for us. We'll you, just in my opinion. See, I keep saying trade down, trade <laughs> down. Ad, <laughs> don't do it. Ah, don't do it. Fair <laughs> enough. So don't trade down, and he's a Jaden Daniels guy. Now, I like Jaden Daniels as well. I've yep. made my point clear. If it's a quarterback at three, I would like Daniels. But most of all, myself and Rich Keith included, have as we've said many times on the nighttime program, uh, take Marvin Harrison Jr. He is the biggest non-whiff potential candidate. He's right. the highest ceiling, high, highest floor, highest ceiling guy. Dude's going to be an absolute stud, potential Hall of Famer. Um, and then build around that as well. You got your, you got your take a tackle, Fashanu and alt guys as well. Trade right. down is an option, but I like that Bourne said a us, so that makes me yeah. think he really wants back in, and that there's a chance. And I really hope that they do bring him back aboard because he's got a lot of good football left in him if that knee heals up right. The thing that I heard this week. I was listening to uh, Phil Perry on the next Pats, had this guy, Eric M or Eric Edgem from uh, Sumer Sports on. They do advanced analytics. Okay. And apparently, J- Jaden Daniels, for his speed, athleticism and arm, runs into more sacks than any quarterback. Like he take on pressure. He takes a sack almost one out of every four pressures because he's always trying to make a play. Right. Now, how long do you think that would take to coach out of him? and is that a risk do you think that a stable environment like van pelton company would want to take
1: it's a good question um i mean again if as far as coaching it out of him if you have like i mentioned before three different you know quote unquote i guess quarterback whispers. i know all three of them aren't really that but three guys who have experience coaching quarterbacks in mcadoo van pelton now uh, mccartney it's something that can be you know teached out and melded out relatively quick i would think because then you use his legs to his advantage but also teach him to not you know again use them as a disadvantage and run into those sacks and so um on one hand it, it is sort of human nature and you know when you do have the the athletic ability of a Jaden Daniels you're going to want to try and make all of these plays but um if if you have the right people and you know in place to do it then i don't see why he can't be coached out of his game
0: yeah all right we got some people in the chat now weighing in on who they want to see Mm -hmm. going first brian pacific watching on facebook take marvin harrison jr i wouldn't mind going all offense says nightshade sb there are a lot of different choices i can't i can't take an edge rusher although this does dovetail nicely mike into one of our mailbag questions thank you pat stats for that one as well let's get right into them right here let's do it uh